Coming to you from the Strings and Things studio in Ventura, California, I'm Anne. I'm Katie. And I'm Karen. And this is the Strings Unraveled Book Club. Welcome. Hello. Hello. How are you guys today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. All mm-hmm. good. Uh, what are you working on? You um, threw your project aside. I did. I, <laughs> we were having recording issues, so I had to take things seriously for a sec. Um, I'm seaming together a very simple pullover, like raglan pullover that I made on my knitting machine um, as like a quick and dirty little gift for my husband because um, he gets cold and has been complaining <laughs> about being cold, so uh that's what i'm working on i have the pieces all done i'm seaming it up nice how do you do raglan seaming on a machine or is that just a really big question for another day uh i i mean like the shaping like the shoulders it's my flatbed knitting machine it's not the circular one no i know i i figured oh yeah you just do decreases yeah like you bring in the sides the loops over oh yeah i did not know that there's a little tool to help you yep transfer increase and decrease and that is very cool. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try on the... No. What the circular one, the, the centro. Cent- yeah. yeah, no, that one's not made for that. that. That you do, you put it on needles. You do the boring rectangle and you put that on needles. Yeah. Uh, what are you working on, Karen? I am working on a third version of my sweater that just came out this month in Radical Threads magazine, this month being December. And... Um, I think I talked about it when we did our other podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, let's see, not the armhole, but Ooh, as you can see, it's made cute. with, lo- it's kind of pastel-y neon um, rainbow from pink to purple to blue to aqua de teal, and I started this almost two weeks ago, and I'm ready, to, I'm almost ready to do the bottom hem, nice. the bottom, because even though it's Tunisian, it goes very quickly. Um, and I'm awesome. bummed. I don't think I'm gonna get to yellow. It looks longish already. <laughs> yeah, but I love the transitions you've done already. It would have been interesting to see those yellows in there. I know. Maybe in the sleeve. Maybe I get a little bit on the sleeve. Mm. Yeah, I could. Are sometimes I mean, longer than the I body. could make yep. it a little bit. I mean, from the armhole, it is more of a dolman kind of sleeve, so it's a deeper armhole. Yeah, but it is. It's only like. 11 like right now it's only 10 and a half inches but the yoke looks so deep yeah it looks deep i don't know if it really is it might be you yeah. might get to tunics so. are in hmm? tunics are in tunics are always in so yeah it feels soft like i'm wearing a kitten oh that <laughs> doesn't scratch me <laughs> i knew you didn't have to skin we did read a horror book we did (laughs) yes yeah it's a little on theme for today oh yeah no no dogs in this one um and i am working on one of my many um magnus cardigans uh this is the one that's in black as the solid and uh karen cake that's called something nutmeg like spice nutmeg nutmeg or something and it's sort of just like an autumnal rainbow and it's coming along swimmingly nice how one many of, is this the third one this is the third one of the three additional <laughs> oh, okay wait wait so six total four, four oh four total. one, you had one plus, three. plus three additions one finished yeah. and then i'm working on three simultaneously got it because like the color combinations are so fun 
this one was stalled for a little bit because it's a very strongly self-striping and these have patch pockets mm. and i was like eh, you gotta think what am i gonna because the little patch pocket is gonna just be one color and in interrupting you the stripes cut a bunch of yarn right can the patch so I, pocket go to the inside yeah so that's what ah, I yeah. yeah there you go uh sand sand shore i was gonna look it up uh that one was on the outside though I did mine on the inside. Oh, um, I don't remember the name of it. Stony, stone. <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna. Something. I promise you, Katie. I had the thought. Stony Shore. Oh. When I yes, talk yes, about I this. think that was it. Something stone sh- stormy shore, stony shore. It doesn't stony matter. Sh- yeah, that one I remember sewing patch pockets on the outside. So mm-hmm. you must have done it differently. Right, I did. Yeah, because <laughs> I think same problem because I used a self striping in the bottom. Of yeah, it. and yeah. you don't want to break up the stripes. Right, I get it. Um, I thought I was imitating that pattern, but I guess I'm just using my usual solutions. Yes. You're making it up. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm yourself. happy about because there was plenty of the solid color contrast yarn when I was done with the first one, but the self-striping, I feel like I used every bit of what was recommended, even with like a more yarn conserving mm. approach to it. Um, but it's going well. I'm real happy with it. I was and looking, so are the other two, but I'm only carrying one at a time. <laughs> I was looking for that scarfy light yarn because yes. I was daydreaming about starting one of those. Because it uh, looks cute and fun. I know that's not what we're here for tonight, but can I tell you guys about something crazy I saw in of the course. yarn world today? Yes, of course. Yes. You guys may have seen this already, but it was hitting my feet hard today. Red Heart All-in-One Granny Square. What does and that mean? it's sort of like the self-striping sock yarns where it's like sock one starts here and sock two starts here and then they perfectly match. Okay. Only it's granny squares. And I think it might be a five round granny square. I can't okay. wrap my head around what you're saying. The colors. Words are coming so it out, like but lines up one color per round? per round. Well, you have to get your gauge. Well, you right. would. You'd have to make your, you know, your I do first. want to try that though. I'm dying yeah. to have it. It makes 14 granny squares that look like they were maybe four or five inches so across. So each round is perfect and you don't have to weave yes. in ends. And no ends. That is And the very colors cool. are quite cute. Some that of them look very cool. ugly I in know, the skein. But it's Red Heart. I don't know. Well, I'm so biased against It depends them. on the Red Heart yarn. It does. And it's $12 for a big old honking skein mm. that does 14 five inch. They look like But what does the squares. fiber feel like? That's what I'm like. Is this mm. 14 you see, Red like, Heart? Yeah. Is this like, you know, squeak, or is this Super squeaky, Saver? Is this squeaky? All in one granny square yarn. Yeah, look at that. Watch the videos; they're fun. <laughs> I want to try that. That's very cute. I and the colors are really fun. Some of the colors look straight up ugly in the skein, but when you look at the um, all of the colors make, are sold out. Where I was looking, well, at, there you go. I'm on yarn inspiration. That's where I was looking. Yeah. Oh my god, that happened today. Because yeah. when I was looking at it this morning, only three colors were sold so, out. Oh, it went funny. viral. <laughs> it did. Well, well, okay. Because that is a very appealing concept. Yeah. To be it able says, to... no color switching, just keep on stitching with 67% less ends to weave in. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's very appealing. <laughs> it's like they reached in my brain and wrote that from what I would be <laughs> that selling That is it such for. a great thing to say. 63% no, more less no, ends. No, no, no. The, the one before, keep on stitching. No like switching, it. keep on stitching. Yeah, something like that. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. Well, right. if you find it, it looks like it's just their basic red heart, like super it saver. It does. But, but for $12? Yeah. You could make a cute blanket, it'll last forever. But it's only That's 14 true. squares per. For yeah. $12. It's going to take two or three, depending on the size blanket you're making. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was a little fascinated. I might have snuck a couple videos yeah. in during my work hours. That is fascinating. 
Okay, so we read yeah this time this thing between us mm-hmm. um, by Gus Moreno. Yep. Um, I looked up questions, but I didn't look up a longer summary. You could just do the back of the book one as always. It's terrible. I okay. refuse to read that one again. Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How dare I? Right? I think. You know, you're right. It does not give you a good, accurate right? a- idea of what this book was going to be. Um, I mean, I don't know that we're going to find it. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to skip the summary. Okay, honestly. that's fine. Uh, you should read the book. I felt like... This book was heavily marketed to us yeah. and then misrepresented by its own back cover. Yes. I was yes. not expecting what we got. No. <laughs> I have mixed feelings. Okay. Now, my feelings changed from the first time. I I did it early and so I did have a chance to go back and like I listened to it on the audiobook and at like one and a half times or maybe one and three quarter times. So everything felt more intense. Yeah. And then it, I kind of liked it better. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting because I I've kind of taken to the habit of nothing is slower than one like I don't listen to anything slower than one point two five yeah I usually stick with like one point three that's I listen to I just finished it today though because I tried to, I I try and save it close to the yeah because yeah. otherwise it just slips right out of my brain yeah, I so true I, I was so excited because um. It's like fat chance with the library. Like I, I'm getting more books than I can read at a time from the library apps, but I'm not um, like you have to wait. It's delayed gratification. Yeah. And it was like Monday night and I thought, oh, no, I, I need to work on this book. It's like this week. <laughs> and I um, I'm like, I'll just look at the it Libby wasn't app. long. It no, was, it wasn't yeah. a long one. So that- very, very manageable for the time I ended mm-hmm. up looking at it. But um, I looked at the Libby app. I'm like, this is a brand new book. Is not going to be available. Yeah, it was. I got it on Hoopla without having to wait. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, let's let's build up some uh, momentum for this book. So, um, you, Karen, you have mixed feelings. I like parts, and other parts I didn't. I mean, some things maybe because I when I listened to it pretty early, I missed some stuff. Yeah. And part of it was like. There's there's parts of it in the beginning that I thought they would pick up and do more with, and then, like when they're like, some I had questions that I felt didn't really get resolved. Oh, okay, well, maybe but we'll... but it was also intensely sad. I mean, yeah, the the raw grief that is coming mm-hmm. through here. I'm not saying I enjoyed it, but I it was just you could feel it. That's deep, right, in my chest. So. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. I want to hear Katie's because like you're that's also my, something I thought of it too. My opinion is that I thought this was a fantastic book, but it was really hard for me to to read it. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Because yeah. I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was well written. I thought it was very scary at some points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't usually get like scared by books because if I'm not like looking at it, it's easy for me to tune it out. But I was driving in the dark and I was like, this is <laughs> oh, scary. That's yeah. perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But did a door but appear out the, of nowhere? Uh, no. <laughs> but the whole, I mean, it's a first person, or I don't know what person, perspective yeah. of uh, mm-hmm. uh, somebody dealing with the with grief of losing their spouse. Mm-hmm. And and then, uh, like, on top of that, other things and just, like, compiling it was, if I hadn't been reading it for book club, I you don't think I would have. Well, I, th- I think I would have liked it 
you have to be in the right like mindset for things. Yeah. Right. And I don't yeah. feel like right now my mind was in the right place for oh, this book. I'm sorry. And it's fine. It wasn't like, you know, drastic or anything, but I think I would have put it down if it weren't for this. But I am glad I finished it. Well, there- I did enjoy it. Did anyone else <laughs> kind of get that feeling at some point briefly? Like, like, okay, this was no matter what, like you said before, no matter what your choice was on this, you were going to get sold this book. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I feel. So I think that somewhere in our social media, we need to post that link to that, um, to that quiz. quiz. And I would love to hear people's feedback on how many people got sent they to that book. Also, like, are there any other books recommended no, by the, the end one. of this? Because <laughs> um, again, we all have very different opinions and tastes. Yeah. yeah. And yet, but we do share a lot of literary experience together. Sure. Um, so that I can't tell. <laughs> what was, yeah. do you know offhand where that survey came from? Uh, I think it was Book Riot. Okay. So it's not like too crazy of a source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was it a horror movie or horror book specifically? Um, I think it, I think it was because it, it was like in October. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Um, I, well, I which horror no- novel should you novel should you read this Halloween? Uh, no, it's about right. Something like that. Um, yeah. So I feel like this book is a total fever dream of grief personified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you both like yeah. said what I yep. yeah. I feel about it too. Um, but like if your grief. You're, the deep, the depth of your grief became this tangible thing mm-hmm. in real life, and then the things he says about the grieving process are so well put. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to assume that the author has experience with this because it seemed entirely like authentic. Yes. The way that he yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, and I don't know what that's like, but. I can assume that it, well, I shouldn't well, assume, I but mean, you know what I mean? Like, it seems very realistic. Right. Thankfully, none of us have experienced this particular loss. Right. So this book is not about a killer Amazon speaker. No. Let's that's just what the say back that. Of the book says it is, kind of. Yeah. It is, there is. So that is weird. <laughs> right. There is a demon and a possession. The, I have to say the homage to certain, like you, like the things they pulled out. Like mm-hmm. for a minute, it's Cujo. For a minute, it's Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. For a minute, it's the I mean, thing. right? It's oh, yeah. so good. Like so much. Um, Lots of homage to classic horror. There's, there's moments that are like a lot of Stephen King. Yes, mm-hmm. or at least that's like was. I've never watched The Exorcist. Let's this also this yep. book also gave me. It felt very Exorcist vibes. Well, and in then some they, part, and it references yeah. it references yeah. it in yeah. great detail for a moment, and I was like, wow, I never knew that was a part that was edited out because I've never seen it. So, <laughs> um, and there's some cultural references too, to the uh, Hispanic. I don't know if it's the Hispanic culture is the right thing to say, but to the Mexican culture and even his, I mean, his personal, is he Mexican enough? He doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah, this is, you that, know, and the, that's the, the, interesting this trauma that he had as a child is like, oh, here it goes again, you know, and, but that also plays into his grief, that sense of belonging, you know, where does he belong? Does he belong in this culture or that culture and that finally getting away from that and thinking that you are getting away from it but you can't really get away from your grief yeah it's um it's definitely not what i expected it to be when when no. we started it and pleasantly it started so. that way yeah. yeah 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 but then it evolved into something that i was like oh i didn't i didn't know that it was gonna be like this right like i i, was, I just said pleasantly slow but i am 
pleasant pleasantly the case right yeah but and yet i also feel the same like can i say that this book experience was pleasant no <laughs> i mean it's very definitely, delightfully creepy <laughs> right it's both it's both very well executed in what it is which is a psychological thriller yeah, yeah. um demon possession yeah yeah it, well it, yeah because the dead don't stay dead <laughs> yeah well but don't they like where is vera vera is never there no she's that was yeah well, okay he's ne- she's never there but and she never really come i mean the does she well she kind of is does she come i mean the papers the pages fly off you know, but that's. But I feel like that's her. in his head. That was, her. That's her. right. It's never her. I He's think it could have easily physically manifested because, like, you know, a lot of the times that demon possessions represented in in horror movies, it is just like a, like it's a private psychosis that's taking this person sure. over. There were mm-hmm. tangible things for other people to perceive and yes. confirm, like the dog Brimley. Or the even the veterinarian, <laughs> yeah. Or um, Thiago's presence supposedly at, at his wife's death. Yeah. yeah, I was reading a um a yeah. The kids synopsis. like you were there. It was you. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? I was I... reading a synopsis on uh, Reddit about like people talking about the ending of this book and mm-hmm. like how they perceived it and whatever. And that was one point that they brought up was like, this is a demon possession, but it's not a demon that's possessing. A home or a or a, a device. It's it's possessing a family lineage. Yeah, and he's the current like caretaker of it. Oh, and how this is so enlightening. In, like <laughs> not an alternate timeline, but there's like time manipulation because yeah. he is physically there when his wife dies. Yes, at the same time when he sees her in the forest with the staircase, and he's injured. And that's how he appears to the kid at the end when he was like, yeah, you were standing there all bloody and I saw you and it scared me. I didn't connect. That yeah, that's... I didn't either. Oh, the staircase in the forest is the stair is the stair so the in boy the subway. Did see him all messed up and yeah. oh, oh, torn up. The, yeah. uh, the circle. I didn't even connect it. That was wait, wait, What about the previous tenant? He oh, tracked her down. Fidelia. Because she, she experienced something. You know. She brought she opened the she fought portal. it off fair oh. enough yeah so she's like i hate you so the social issues that are touched on in this are so of our time and yeah. so well presented so you've brought up like his ownership of his family roots and his um i mean i'm sure there's a lot of like i'm not the right person to name this experience of being like separate from your mexican heritage but he is Mm -hmm. very separate from his mexican heritage it is an impediment to his understanding of what's happening Mm -hmm. um like so then when the thinks about if vera had been around she could have understood she could have gotten the answer um but she couldn't because she had to die first for him to mm -hmm. Mm. when he is in his um dream state yep um and he finds Fidelia again mm-hmm. and the voice takes over and starts speaking Spanish. Yeah. Like because we know that is such a like border for him or a boundary for that to start happening out of his person. Oh, that yeah. was I mean, 
It's very spooky. Who knew that would be so scary? It's very spooky. <laughs> um, I found this Reddit article, or not article, but comment that I was looking at that I'd like to... It's a little bit long, but I think it, it gives mm-hmm. lots of good context. Is this context. our missing summary? Uh, a you, little Katie. bit. Thank you, Um, <laughs> So this person says, The cook slash demon is revealed to be a family curse, and considering how the entire book is addressed to Vera, I think the ending was very fitting for the type of story that it is. Some families seem prone to tragedy. Everybody seems to get sick or die. Uh, like life is some never ending grieving process. Thiago tells us about his absent father and death, if I remember correctly, about his mother dying of cancer, and then of course Vera. To me, the family curse seemed like a grand metaphor with Thiago feeling like he's the common denominator in all of his life's tragedies. It's always his loved ones getting sick or killed and him surviving. To quote him after the vet suggests he sues the city for the cyanide bomb, he's sick of getting money in exchange for those he loves. The ending isn't happy because he essentially gives into the grief and the feeling that everything is somehow his fault. That's why it switches to third person um, at the end to address the reader in the last sentence to say that it could be you giving in. We all grieve and we all will die, but his it was his choice to take himself out and end the curse of his loved ones dying. In terms of the Itza being haunted, it wasn't really. I think Thiago made it clear by saying that other people have had weird experiences with it glitching, but theirs was different. Even when they got a new one, it still malfunctioned. It was him that was haunted, not the robot, but it's a modern story and Thiago used the Itza on a daily basis while alive. If it was his fault that Vera died, of course he would sabotage the thing that they rely on a daily, day-to-day basis to use. Um... I think there's a lot more to say about the aspect of Mexican culture in the book, but I don't feel all that well qualified. Diane mentions that uh, we're all a little haunted, referring to those of Mexican descent. And Fidelia uh, just made it easier for the curse to come through the door she made. But I think there's something in the fact that she created the door as an act of revenge for greedy white men buying up the property and raising (laughs) rent for minorities that Mm -hmm. presumably have lived in the neighborhood for decades. That's the one area of this book that I feel doesn't quite fully fit into the rest, but it's also not an experience that I have lived, blah, blah, blah. Uh, That's basically the end of what this person has to say. Well, I guess it's a little bit of a MacGuffin. Yeah. Because Uh I know she's like um, way off on her own journey. (laughs) Yes. But, But she did do like the inciting thing. Yeah. And I think... Another part of that fever dream while he's getting his teeth worked on is he starts to have visions of their place and there's a new couple living there and they're saying the same things. Like I think the scratching is coming from the walls, which is probably not his problems. It's going to be some other thing that has come through the doorway. So was the dentist picking his pocket? While he was under, because it makes, because if I ever have to go under, now I'm going to worry about someone stealing my stuff. I, <laughs> I think, the, and I, I know there's an extra, that, uh, just tangent, but. I have so much anxiety about being fully sedated. Um, I have so much anxiety about dentistry that that part of the book was also just terrifying. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like it. Dr. Monzon has really kind of cured me of that okay, anxiety. Good. <laughs> so, um. That I've actually really let go of. Okay. <laughs> as long as I get the dentist I like. Sure. <laughs> I but yeah, I don't fear think there that... was he was going to a dentist out of an emergency uh, that he had no connection with. Like, my dentist, I love her. She's great. I will go to her forever and ever. And I would never have a problem. But if you're in an emergency situation, you have to go to someone unknown. You're putting a lot of faith and trust in a vulnerable moment. But, yeah. And there's a lot of vulnerable moments in this book. I don't think that he was being pickpocketed. I think he was so in 
and his psychosis distrust. that I don't think he knew what yeah. Yeah. what. I've had dreams where I thought I did that to my mouth, though. I have yeah. never dreamed I have bit my tongue off. That was really no. gruesome. But I have had dreams, and I do grind my teeth at night, so I probably was grinding my teeth, but that I had, like, ground them yes. down to shattered nubs. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So it that really hit home. <laughs> yeah, didn't like that. On a small tangent, but also talking about dentistry. Now, we read a book about a family and their kids going off into, because remember, they, they had the, the extra cheap vacation, and they rented a house out in the middle, like nowhere, and the, the world was sort of ending, but the owner and his daughter came to, did we read that together? No, I know what book you're talking about. I, that sounds no. familiar. Well, they made, a, they made a Netflix show of it with Julie Roberts. It's a movie. Oh, that's what's it's happening right now. I haven't that's watched what's that movie, right now. so are you going to talk about anything more about it? <laughs> There is a there is a thing nope. about yeah connected. To we dentistry. can spoil That's it for it. our it. we can spoil it for our listeners. But you can't spoil trauma. It That's it. Oh great! Maybe I'll never watch it now. <laughs> um, no dentists were harmed in the making of that movie. Though. Oh okay, <laughs> but they harm others. That's my. I mean, uh, dentists never laugh at you quoting um, the song from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, they want to be a dentist. No, they don't think it's funny. No. <laughs> okay so back to the story um so you have questions yeah would you recommend this book to someone if, depends on the person yeah it depends on the person <laughs> <laughs> say yes. why or why not we already know that but then what or with caveats yes <laughs> i would because i did i did think it was very it was a very good book yeah yes. Um, yes. i thought it was extremely well written and for some like i think james would really enjoy this because mm. he likes horror movies and all those like classic tropes and mm-hmm. you know pets mm-hmm. cemetery and the thing i think mm-hmm. he would enjoy yeah, this book this, if this were made into a movie would you i think it would make a fantastic movie yeah but i don't want to watch it because i don't want to watch it <laughs> yeah, fair enough <laughs> i would be trepidatious about watching as a movie because it is such a well done book yeah yeah and a lot of it i mean a lot of it is visual and expressed externally, but, but so much of it is an internal. Is so tangible. You the, take this this emotion, yeah. and it's almost thick. Yes, like, it's just a thick thing he's wading through. This, um, the use of point of view was mm-hmm. so useful in and amplifying the mm-hmm. tension yes. because you know he's writing this story to Vera yep. getting ready to burn it yep. so when the story continues in first person after the demon attacks Vera or uh, Diane and um, Thiago it's like yes. you're still but telling me, you <laughs> Thiago you're still telling us the story you're still telling Vera the story what's yeah. gonna like when do you end your story <laughs> I thought he was I thought it was over a lot of times where I was yeah. like, oh, oh, no, he's not dead. Oh, yeah. oh, no, he's not dead. <laughs> I also like that here are two people that he liked her, but Diane did not like him. And she had reasons that she associated his type of person plus his family. She's like, nah. I, I, but yet their grief, they both understood grief in the same way yeah. that her, she and her husband did not approach grief the same way. No, You know, and... And I think that's why after, even after Diane's death, the father was like, uh, you know, at first the father was like for him when Diane was not, when they were, when Vera was alive. But after (laughs) Diane, you know, he loses his daughter and his wife. And this is the one common denominator. I understand why he didn't, but I still think 
I appreciated that Diane went there. Yeah. And shared because she also needed someone who understood the depth of her grief. Mm-hmm. Of course, she got there when Cujo was about to yeah. take over. Her. I mean, that timing was but so good. But she believed yeah. him. But she believed him when no- when he thought nobody's going to believe me about Well, this. I love that about... And that's where he gets... Like, they connect over culture because yeah. she's like... I am Mexican. Everybody in our family has, has, they know I'm calling up the chain and we're going to get, we're going to call all over and we're yeah. going to figure out how to, you know, how to do this. Um, this is bigger than Chakla, Chakla and Vicks. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Um, I'm going to just read this question because we've already addressed it, but okay. I think it's a perfect question for this book. How much did you know about this book before picking it up? What surprised Nothing. you most about the book? <laughs> well, I knew that it was being heavily marketed to us. Yeah. And what surprised you the most about this book? What it was actually about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Didn't see that coming. Because <laughs> it starts off like it's... right away, she's dead. Yeah. And I kind of thought it would be like Amazon Alexa possessing him and that was going to be the end of the story. Was yeah. like, that's the scary yeah. thing that happened. But no. that's like right off the bat. all a little like, creeped out by Alexa listening to us. Like, what? Uh, that already <laughs> happened? Where are we going from here? Um. Yeah, that's uh, this this <laughs> this book is a lot more because I, I was very trepidatious. I'm like, oh yay, possessed house. They've done this a million yeah. times in no. like mediocre um, movies he, and TV this shows. This is such a unique take on 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 every. I mean, it it just it wasn't. There's lots of times where it could have been cliche, and it I don't feel like it ever. No, cro- not enough. No yeah. part of it. Yeah, went there. I yeah. wouldn't say I was pleasantly surprised, but I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, pleasantly surprised in the way that I enjoy horror fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think one of the excellent things that like that horror or tr- and true crime falls in this too, because that's just real life horror. Um, it helps you process anxiety about complex yes. emotions and situations. Mm-hmm. And what is a more complex and emotional situation than the death of a spouse and especially the death of a young person yeah. in a, in just like a flippant situation. Yeah. Like a random these, way. right. These kinds of things are these like choices that people make that could, could be just totally innocuous. So yeah. there's this kid, he's being pulled into a gang. They tell him to steal something we can sell. And he ends up killing a woman on his first. Yeah. Not totally by accident. She fell right. back she and hit her head. She could have fallen and bruised her tailbone. Yeah. That and, wasn't, and, and, and hurting her was not even part of his initiation. Yeah. It just is what happened. Or even his grief versus the shallow what i feel is the shallow processing of people that are that you know they they wanted to feed on the grief Mm -hmm. like her friends who really did not know her the way he felt they clearly didn't have the depth of emotion and but or they in his coming from his view but was it totally random grief the same was it or was it manifested well, that's the the yeah. accusation is that it was manifest. I'm not saying I, that was all actually very like engineered by this evil force. Yeah, but I'm just saying like these things happen in people's day to day all the time, where you make one bad choice that could end with no problem at all. Yeah, 
like you like yesterday i was driving dante around someone i was going through the intersection someone uh, made a left-hand turn that was probably they really didn't have enough time to do that but Uh they couldn't see me because of the position of the other cars and all that i stop in time there's a car following real close behind me also stops in time yeah this it could have been completely different so that but that all ended no nothing we all got where we were going yeah or it's like if you didn't turn back to go get your key or whatever yeah but one tiny split second change in those situations would have completely changed yeah and these things uh turn tragedy into every everybody's life every day all day um like he kept saying if i had driven her this wouldn't have happened she's like nice if she hit if the alarm had gone off on time she wouldn't have been running late you know but he turned off the alarm well that's what the evil spirit told him <laughs> but did he? that's I an interesting, know, he that's did. interesting did he? scene to bring up was he being manipulated into guilt by the evil force or did he do it in his sleep because he was sleepwalking mm-hmm. so maybe he did do it i, I mean the 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 evil force really didn't have to manipulate so what, him that much so no, want so, a milkshake yeah <laughs> so what about when he walks in the room and it's not alexa what did he call it it it, it's a which i have a was was connect communicating to something i have a feeling in naming a lot of things that there are actually probably some more symbols that i just didn't have time to research i wonder if it's a means something like in right i wonder too but if i google it i'm gonna lose my question page yes yes yes, yes. don't do that (laughs) so you know if you're curious too listener (laughs) i i think that the end where he is the possession in the home and the white couple that lives there the man like walks through him and he's like oh i felt another cold spot like maybe it was him yeah, I don't know. The whole time. It could have been that um, the one that Itza was interacting with. I didn't get that from that. Thank you, because that is what was happening, and I didn't get that. I thought he was just observing that. No, he was. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. Because it all transitions so fast. Yes. From it, Fidelia to the The ending happens, house. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Itza is a Mayan word. Mm. It um the Itza are Maya ethnic group native to a region of northern Guatemala and parts of Belize. Um it is believed that the Itza derives from the Mayan Itz, which means magic, meaning water, like water magicians. So I don't know if it, if there's a little connection to that. Well, that's very that, interesting because it it it, it flow cuz the the device Sends this light out that mm-hmm. almost looks like mm-hmm. light underwater. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Oh, that. Thank you for looking that up. Um, I was also wondering if Thiago, because that's not like a common name. I didn't realize that was his name because I listened to it. And I they, thought they it was said like Diego. Thiago. Yeah. yeah. So I had to look it up. Um, and some regions um, do THs. Th- yeah. So the reader of the audiobook was real good. Yes. yes. Fantastic. Yeah. And it was, he, he did such <sighs> a good job because you could tell really well in very subtle ways like when it was his dad's voice when he was speaking spanish at the end that it was like you knew it wasn't him yeah yeah he did a fantastic job oh yeah like the voice of the cook yeah also good yeah spooky yeah so tiago means may god protect (gasps) oh oh holder of the heel it's like it's like like james but it means may god protect so here you have 
this person who's not particularly the religion didn't they even talk a little bit yeah. about religious like yes she like they weren't religious and yet here she was having to have a, a big catholic a funeral. big catholic funeral mm-hmm. which is not what she wanted but he ended up who did he bury cremated in the way that he she wanted uh she, he buried brimley um yeah which was so sweet. he became a tree he's like no well, he I planted don't... a tree over. Yeah, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, Vera no, wanted. no. They took Brimley's body out and used it for possession. Yeah, Katie. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what she meant. But she meant. I got to that was... part because that was before things started to get real spooky. Yes, because it's like, oh, this is so sad. And then he moves, and then he finds the dog, and you're like, oh yay! And then the dog died, and then I turned off the book because I was like, <laughs> I'm done for today. I was really wondering because my kids leave movies when the dog gets killed or yeah. hurt. I was like, no, <laughs> this is too many things for this I poor know. guy. And like, Brimley was so dumb sweet. Like I think Brimley was real at first. Yes, I mean, I'd second like Brimley so. is definitely. But, <laughs> but, okay, but Brimley just shows up out of nowhere, which that was, you know, the, mm. th- that I think. Portraying it that way was to keep us in that distrust tension. Yep. That nothing good can happen for Thiago. Because there's a lot of things that do happen when you're like, because he even like vocalizes it. It's like, this isn't real. Like when Diane shows up, he's not sure if he can trust her if she's yeah. actually there. Yeah. And so I see the whole that. time like, you're I like, that. I don't know if it, if this is actually happening or yeah. not, you know? Yeah. And that just keeps us in that tension yep. with him. Mm-hmm. Um. But either of those things, maybe they weren't, you know, like on a second reading, like what if you read it with the intention that Diane was never really there? But that can't be because they have a whole funeral and stuff for her. Mm -hmm. Um, How about the fact that the veterinarian showed up all disgusting like that in the hotel, which they don't describe like the thing you don't see is the most like upsetting, right? Yeah. They just you talk can about see the, the mud shadow gore. of him, yeah, and the coming mud through the hall. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna ask you a different question. Okay, what are some of your favorite scenes from the books? Why did they stand out to you? I liked when everybody was happy, and I liked when um, Brimley was alive. And, uh, and he said that he's outside the door. The forest. Yeah, he's outside the door, <laughs> trying to trying to get in. Oh, I I actually I really love him reading the guest book and coming across the um, cousin or nephew's yes. comment. Life yeah. is life. Life is life. That's life like is in life. my head so much. You guys are gonna hear that like a lot life now. Is life. <laughs> What are you gonna do? It's like such a, such a thing for a young person yeah, like who that. hasn't experienced life to yeah. say, but, but it's right. But it's right. It's not wrong. I mean, life, life happens. Is life, yeah. This is sorry, terrible. Sorry, your wife died. Life yep. is life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, may we never say that to anybody. Oh, I can't. Whoa, what if someone's really annoying me at work and I get oh. on them? <laughs> Please remember, I work in a funeral home. That would not be nice. Uh, <laughs> What was the most challenging or difficult part of the book for you to read or understand? How did you overcome it? So, Katie, you've already shared the Brimley's death. Um, how did you come I, back to the I book I don't after think that? I was... It, I was like... Time limit? <laughs> well, kind of. I was uh, driving home and it was like, you know, it was near the end of my, uh, my uh, trip. So I was like getting ready to stop anyway. But at that point, I was like, I don't want to read this book anymore. <laughs> but... No, it was a, I wouldn't say that was the most difficult part. It was probably, well, I don't even know if it was the saddest part, but it was like the final straw at that moment where I was like, this book is sad. Yes. I found him being 
ostracized after Diane died. Yeah. Really hard to take. And Mm -hmm. then like, it's really sticking in my head that the stepfather who's Mm -hmm. not legally related to Vera Mm -hmm. would think that he'd have any claim on the life insurance. Claim over the life insurance money. Yeah. I don't like that. Nope. I Mm -mm. see families acting badly all the time. So that was like, oh no. That's not nice. You you run away with all that money. Was that his way of trying to get something? Did he feel like you don't deserve you can't have this part of my of my wife you know or i think and, he believed that well the that life he insurance was responsible was vera's, yeah oh his rejection of the money or, yeah because uh, the life insurance was vera and diago's like mm-hmm. the stepfather has no claim like yeah that was very disgusting to me yeah um but that i guess yucky. it was just another way to illustrate um diago's like detachment that he's like okay yeah yeah take it off i mean i think at that point he knew I, what he was planning, planning. to do yeah i str- <laughs> i i felt kind of a a real uncomfortableness uh, discomfort when um the books are coming off the off the things and oh. he sees what he sees but does he really see it mm-hmm. i because having had a my grown up with someone with schizophrenia who sees and talk who saw and talked to people that didn't exist or that wasn't there and that kind of was like brought back a little bit of childhood trauma of like is he going crazy because of this grief because he wants so badly to connect with her he grieves and misses her so much that he you know these pages are blank except for the words that he kind of wants to see right. and want to hear wants to read and feel like it's a connection and then of course when diane comes and she he tries to show her the book the pages the normal pages are there so i thought we would that- circle back to that because he took pictures of the pages and then i thought later he would look at them to like prove to himself but then that never came i back feel around. like time things picked up so quickly that that became a can't even think about that right now and maybe he, i felt like he was sort of like I, I I just this is so overwhelming. I can't even. I don't even want to get beyond this. I'm just gonna let myself get buried by my grief mm-hmm. because I, I there was one point where I almost thought he was like on top of a building about to jump or something. Is that and maybe I when her, he didn't take his plane flight and he's looking out at the yes? Yeah. And I was like, oh wait, is he about to jump? Well, that's you a know. Good I was a little confused about like mm, the author setting the setting like showing us the path he's decided well before he actually tells uh-huh. us what's going to happen uh-huh. so this is another artful moment i hadn't really thought about that decline in those decisions being signals right i didn't either um but you did know i mean you kind of knew that's how what was going to happen well i mean that's the thing i was like there it like like when he and Diane get together and they're going to do all this like spell work and, yeah. you know, clean, cleansing rituals. I was like, this is going to be amazing. I can't wait for it to all like work. Yeah. And then that's that moment of like, wait, you're, you're still narrating this story yeah. to me. Wait, but wait <laughs> and a minute. she's dead. So yeah. that's not going to happen. Oh, I wanted him to pour out to bad. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Him getting buried alive. That was hard to that listen was, to. Actually. That was scary. <laughs> um. There's a I I talk about CSI all the time. Yeah. There's a classic CSI episode where one of the CSIs gets buried alive and mm-hmm. it's so hard to watch. It's so scary. 
And yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. Nope. That's terrifying. Is that the one where she's actually um put into a drum and the drum is because there's a that's in the newest CSI. Well, then we that have happens. Bones. I think Bones got buried alive a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that they've also done that, that in the newest season of Bosch, which that one I have problems with. But anyways, um, <laughs> if there was one thing about the book you could have improved, what would it be? And I have a cheeky answer. Okay. I wonder if we all have the same cheeky answer. Um, I don't know. The description on the back of the book. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I would have changed that. About halfway through this book, I thought, who wrote that? Like, I know. The, the, why was, and if, like, why would he approve that as this as the synopsis to get you to read your book? It's his first novel being published. So I wonder if he was navigating some politics or something. Mm. Also, <clears throat> you put on the back of the book that it's about, like, grief of losing a spouse. It might be harder for some people to want to pick up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, Katie. Like, because some... You know, there's darkly funny. Well, was, life is life. <laughs> I guess that was kind of funny. <laughs> I don't Starling, think I laughed yes, at any point. No, I. I there mean, were. I think there were a couple places in the middle where I was like, "Oh gosh, no!" <laughs> yeah, and I'm okay. laughing out of like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so, <clears throat> parts of the last paragraph in the description, like darkly funny horror novel about grief and rage. Okay, yeah. yeah loneliness that's fair. loneliness of living between cultures, there's some of that. Mm-hmm. All too real oppressive intimacy of technology. Maybe a little bit. I don't, that was I, overplayed. That was in overplayed. the description. Yeah. yeah. But so I could I think these three paragraphs could have easily been edited down to like maybe one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so who's this is the great. publisher? Um gosh, nobody I Whoever it is, if you're listening, yeah, the next, you got problems with your for the next printing. Gus, find a new, different. find a new publisher. Yeah, I mean, or I'm glad Gus, you got published. You great, it's a great book. But this yeah. book is, this book is kind of amazing. And I will say, if it's making up a a a, a fake <laughs> a fake random yeah, uh, quiz that quiz tripped us into it, did trick us into it. <laughs> kudos good marketing well it's almost like now actually you know what i'm seeing some symmetry here Whoa. we're like that was very internet, marketing. yeah the internet led us to this path <gasps> and we were sort of over and unplug our google speaker. No, <laughs> um so i i found a really good i like because you know there's no book club questions for this because it's pretty new and sort of to me an obscure publisher um and so an, another list of great list of general questions, um, bookclubs.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm scrolling through. They have um, the general book cl- club questions, which we just ran through. And then they have by genre. So I'm scrolling through mm-hmm. all of the horror genre questions. And we really already kind of nailed them of like, how did the setting and the atmosphere of the book affect the mood and tone of the story? Did it create a sense of danger, mystery, dread, or unease? Dark, lonely woods yeah. out, like, out in the Lenore, yeah. I do like a uh, like a horror movie set in like the snow in cold. Yeah. Like, that's real spooky. Yes. That works really good, too. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, I was thinking about the thing a lot. So I had just recently watched that movie again. I don't the, know how many times, but. Did the door only appear at best, night? Best. Because in my brain, that door only appeared at night. night. And he tried to 
think Look, so. He, so what? I, no, because he tried. He, he tried to set it on fire, Brindley. and it stayed on fire. Yeah, and like I'm like that's a that scary was the thing. one night. Yeah, I'm going to absorb this. I think the first time he finds it on his property, it's daylight because yeah. yeah, he's chasing Brimley out into the yard. Yep. How did the author generate suspense and tension throughout the book? Well, then choice of narrator and point yeah, of view. <laughs> the point of yeah, it was an excellent yep. choice. Yep. How did they initially draw you in? That's that's an interesting question because like he starts from what we think is the end and yeah. is telling us a little bit of a reverse history. Yeah, because I really thought that was like the big thing that happened. Because <sighs> mm-hmm. it was like it's about grief, and I was like, oh, sad. His wife's gonna die, and then all of a sudden she's she's dead. dead at the she'd beginning. be dead right at the it's start. Like, oh shoot. Okay. It, it kind of going? appealed to that true crime part of my brain that is like oh this is a tragic thing and i want to find out more about it yeah you know so it kind of appealed to that part you know if you're a true crime lover it starts off with 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 it's a crime but it's an accidental crime it's you know excuse me yeah and i do like how it circled back to the young kid Mm -hmm. i mean look they he they even tried to drop the charges and but the government's like nope that's not a real thing. I like learning that that was not a real thing. Yeah. yeah because it, does, it certainly seems like it should be. TV teaches us so many things. Like our favorite one at the funeral home is like nowhere has those drawers where you like go into a morgue and pull oh, someone out. Nope. It's not a real thing. Dang I don't it. even know where it came from. Well, that's no fun. Maybe it's an old timey thing. Maybe. Are toe tags really a thing? Yes. Okay. But not all the time. <laughs> How well, I mean, They're usually hospital bracelets. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's still an identifier. Yeah. <laughs> why would it? Why it's, would it's a little it... more reliable because it's on the ankle or the wrist, and it stays put better than a toe tag. I would, would think, yeah. yeah. But I guess if you didn't really want to see the body, you felt like the toe was the least scary part of the body. A dead toe. Yeah, that sounds pretty scary. To me. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of the body would be covered. Okay. Yeah, no, it'd still be. I don't have an opinion about this. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't. Need, I'm not. I don't really. <laughs> What about the artwork on the cover? I am so glad you bring this up because I love it. Yeah. It's and I also. Ooh, it's like the Alfred Hitchcock. The uh, texture of the book. Oh. Like I love that. Oh, the, I didn't realize that there's it's raised lettering. Well, and just I love the this cover finish. That kind of like it's got a pebbly matte. matte. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels. Can I look at so it? So nice. Oh, there's a. I, see, it, I didn't even notice that the there dog. was a dog. Yeah. Yeah. So the the cover really does a great that job optic so of of conveying because this sort of has there's probably like Ooh. a name for this type of um like a psychological thriller or suspense sort of like um like is it thx the, yeah like it had a feel like that yes. of that kind yep. of and like two thousand one yeah space odyssey dark sci fi yes. that in um there was an Alfred Hitchcock one. Uh, Vertigo. Mm-hmm. And Vertigo has that same black white line mm-hmm. with dimension that makes, in that case, that's a spiral that mm-hmm. kind of sets you mm-hmm. that kind of it, going off into the distance. I think feel. it conveys, conveys the tone of the novel yes. very yes. And the, like, I mean, it's hard to call a book that's the written word having an aesthetic, but it, there is a definite yes. aesthetic and the, the cover matches it well. Yes. Um, so good cover design. Yep. Bad copy yeah. on the cover. Yeah. 
Um, I always thought cover design would be a really amazing job. I had a friend whose husband did that for a long time and it, I loved to find, and I could almost kind of spot the books he had worked on mm. when I was at the bookstore. And that was kind of neat. Hmm. Interesting. Horror fiction slash suspense fiction. I can yeah. see there's some suspense because you're not really sure it's, there's some horrible things happening. But what's going to happen? But you're not really sure. How are they going to resolve it? Well, you're not really sure. Is this real? Mm -hmm. Or is this just in his head? Mm -hmm. So that's where that suspense part comes in. And I guess that's what really connects in the the cover art. Yeah. Um, And it's just black, white, and red all over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this, this is a tough question, I think. Were you satisfied with the book's outcome? Or did you have any questions or doubts left unanswered? I kind of like, well, I guess the question is still unanswered. Is like, it does that mean it's the end, right? If he kills himself, is it over? Because I think Diane even says like that it doesn't necessarily mean that anything's going to happen. Right. Um, but if they found a way to like exercise the demon or whatever, then I feel like that feeling would have been stronger to be like, but did it really? Like, I'm kind of glad it ended the way that it did because it feels a little bit more finite than like if they were successful, you know? I don't know. I feel like it, the, the demon's going to find a way to live on. That he could end it for a time, but it's going to find someone else right. to possess. Yeah, I think Until right. the next person opens the portal. But he really only cares about what his his part of it's done outcome is yeah yeah um, i am i'm satisfied with that ending i i feel like i'm glad there was not a happy ever after he doesn't move on this is you know well unaliving oneself is a very like loaded choice mm-hmm. <laughs> true and i i don't love it as a choice yeah but in this circumstance in this- i don't see any other and I think that the him. I think no. it was very like poetically done. Yeah. Because he toyed with that idea early on and you kind of knew that was in the back of his mind the whole time. So that when it did happen, it wasn't like, Oh my god, I can't believe he did that. No, you're right. But it if was it a very if they natural... hadn't touched on that throughout the novel and that was how it ended, I would have been very dissatisfied. Mm. But you kind of felt like taken along the way to know that that was kind of what was gonna happen mm-hmm. a little bit yeah, yeah it's not satisfying in that like it's horrible and sad yes and no. i don't like that as the only option but i don't know how you would go through all of that and be okay at the end if Mm-mm. you if you did yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> well i'm so excited yeah, like you guys both like the book, right? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Like yes. I mean, there that are, was a pretty resounding. Katie liked it. It, it had to, you said I had, you had mixed feelings. I had so. mixed feelings because it took me through a range of emotions. There was a point where I'm like, I don't know if I like this book. Like mm, I almost that's I'm, fair. Because I, I also there had were that points feeling. Where I was, I was like, like, oh I don't no, know. I picked another stinker. <laughs> I'm. I didn't think it was a stinker, but I thought I don't know if I can. Because most things, because I, I, I had to think through it. Because a lot of books, I'm like, oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved all the parts of it. Even if it was scary and sad. And part of me was like, I don't know if I love this book. I did but feel, I kept yeah. going with it. When, and I think 
it honestly, and I hate to keep beating on the person who wrote the back of the book, but when I was worried about like what I had chosen and what it was turning out to be, mm-hmm. when it turned out to be so different than what we expected from uh-huh. the description, I'm like, oh my goodness, what have I, what, what have did I, I get us into? into? But I'm glad that I stuck with it. I, I did think... feel challenged by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because at some yeah. point I did actually like turn it off in my car and say out loud, I don't like this book. <laughs> but it wasn't like the, I hate this book. It was like, I don't like what's happening right, right now. Right, right, yeah. right. That's like uh, I'm the feeling second Hunger Games books. Fe- I closed it and put it yeah. away for like two weeks. It's the I'm feeling deep feelings that I wasn't prepared to feel. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. but I am happy that it is not what the book description was I know it was so because it would have because yeah. it <laughs> would have been a lot shallower mm-hmm. it would have been trite it would not have been it it didn't do it justice so if anybody else gets to that point where they're like i don't know if i like this keep, keep going going keep yeah. going um, yes it's going to be different just accept that it's not but it's going to be so much deeper you're going to think about things that you were it's not better prepared than to we thought about. it could be oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, I, I'm glad you all liked it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was really good. Yeah, are we good is, choice? What are we reading now? What have we read else otherwise? Right? Uh, I haven't read anything else. I've been uh, lazy in my in my reading this month. Karen Karen has a list. <laughs> yes, let me go to my. I, um, let me pull up my. Uh, what is it? It sounded like you were listening to something entertaining earlier today. Oh. A couple of different things. I continued with Coffee Land. Oh. Um, I was finishing up a book called The Reformatory by Tenerife Du. Um, really, wow. I mean, that's another another great book. It it deals with um, sometimes that how the prison system in the South. You know that pr- they're set in Florida. This young boy tries to defend his sister in a town. He's a black. A, a young black boy not even 12 tries and the judge and everybody else is white says well we're going to send you to the boys school and he's like okay i'm going to school okay there's some chores to do in school but it's not really school it's it's a penitentiary for oh. it, it's a in it, a lot and there's a lot of spooky things the dead don't stay dead in fact one of uh one of the boys he says if you're dead stay dead that boy was dead (laughs) but he didn't know it was a boy but anyway there's yes but there's a justice that happens in there too so there's it there's and there's stuff happening outside inside um it's it's set in during um during i think late 60s early 70s during you know freedom marches and stuff like that and there's some hoodoo going on too so i like it that was really good so the reformatory yeah really good i did listen to the trap by the reformatory tenerife do she just won a huge award my sister knows her like really some in some congruency and so that was we were hanging out with her the day that the award was announced so that's on my it's it's a good read all of her books sound yes really good so So i have her short stories called the wishing pool and Mm -hmm. other stories um that i will get to but the reformatory just came out just a few Mm -hmm. months ago and so Great read. Yeah, she great li- and great listen. Great listen. Yes. The trapdoor, if you want to go into creepy, that was one of those audible freebies. Oh, so what happened is That's I good. downloaded them all the day that they came available. So I do good have them. You. And I've been I re- wish I had. That's right. I need to check Audible because I was also listening to Audible this week because I'm like, oh, 
I really didn't do much. Last <laughs> one, you had like 20, so. Right. Well, it's like, I'm, you know, did I read anything? Go on. So I was between two books for for our new book. Oh, I, I, I haven't choose. given you my list. Oh, yeah. Give me, yeah. Your, give me your list. <laughs> um, so it is almost I was like I did with the one I did not choose. That's oh, all. you're two. not done with your list. I had, I had one that I was going to choose and okay. I opted to do something different. Gotcha. And uh, it's called The Last One by Alexandra Oliva. Oliva. Um, think of it as Hunger Games-ish. It kind of gives me Hunger Games vibes. These people, it's a reality show, but then the world, while they're stuck in the reality show, goes bad. And, the, <laughs> and so all of these bad things that they are encountering, they think is just part of the show. Oh, that's interesting. But it's actually, you know, this is because people around them, they think that these are props that they're coming across that are dead and stinky, well, but they're no, they're really dead. They're doing such a good job on their <laughs> special effects. And they're like, they don't have names so much as they're the cowboy or the air, you know, air force, which he's not, he, he's not really a pilot of jet planes, you know, it's, so there's, I mean, it starts off with the first one to die was the editor. <laughs> Oh, um, we love a book that starts with a death right at the end. Yeah, so that one's kind of, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun, but it's also like creepy. So, and it, I'm, I'm still, it's a 10 hour and four, I still have 10 hours and 43 minutes left. Because oh, wow. I only just started. Oh. So that's called The Last One. And so I've started that one. And it is entertaining so far. Um, I finished one of those books, The Ankle Snatcher by Ooh. Grady Hendrix. It was great. It was. Uh, so these are, you know, it's all these short stories that Audible gave away during October. Um, my plan is to put them on while I'm driving my son to school. So um, you creep him out. Well, we, he loves good short stories. Then have a great day at school. Honey. Right. But then he told me he wasn't really listening. Well, he's my horror Aww. movie watching buddy. So um, I thought he'd enjoy it, but he's he's too deep in his reddit threads so uh so i'm just touching on those i was really excited that they were still in my audible library because they'll give things away and but then they do they have like back. a like an expiration yeah um so, I'm, so if, if you, you see it, those you download, download them <laughs> yeah because it won't be free forever um, I mean, I would love to support authors and those are worth buying if you come across them. <laughs> um, I read a book by Justin Tor Justin D. Torres, um, Torres, the, it's called We the Animals. It's his first novel. Um, it's very short. It was a three hour audiobook, and oh. it was so good, but so awful at the mm. same time. It's a coming of age story about someone around, probably around my age. Um, and he, he and his three brothers coming up in poverty. I, they live in, um, like in a suburb in New York and they have very young parents and it's just his coming of age story and how that turns out. And it's, um, really good, but like kind of a bummer ending. Mm. Um, and then I read the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning. <laughs> The what? Oh, you were talking yeah, about this. Yeah, The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning by Margareta Magnussen. And the idea is, like, look at how you organize your life and start paring things down. And it's, so it's a little bit of, you know, Marie Kondo-esque in the sense of um, clean clean up and keep what matters to you. Uh -huh. uh, what's as, if, as if you're going to die, just keep 
Well, think for, about what you're going to leave behind for other people to deal with. Gotcha. Don't clean like worried that you're going to die but think about the consequences of the mark that you leave Mm -hmm. um and it was pretty fun my favorite thing was probably not what she would like me to take away from it which is she kept referring to her age as i am somewhere between the ages of 80 and 100 (laughs) and i love i love that i mean it gives me a pretty clear idea about her age yeah and where she is in her life and the experiences of her life and how she's reflecting on um on that so it gives some validity (laughs) to um to what she has to say um but yeah i really slowed down on my reading this month um when we're done with the boutique it's kind of like nap time brain nap time definitely Um, and I've, I've been in the mood to listen to music, which is that I, I usually pick books over music. Um, I did reread a book, The Egg and Other Stories, which is a pre-collection of short stories by Andy Weir, the author of The Martian Project, mm. Hail Mary, um, because Kevin said the most flippant thing. He was like saying something about, he said, oh, yes, I'm the center of my universe and it's all going to suck when um, I get canceled and you all disappear. And I got really mad at him because that's a dead dad joke and a dead husband joke. Yeah. And it was also like, I was trying to comprehend what he was saying. So there's a name for that. So solopsism or something where you believe that you are the only real thing Mm. and that everything else is a concoction of you your psyche it exists because you exist yes yeah and so there the title um short story of those short stories which are fantastic i guess i'm a big andy weir fan Mm -hmm. yeah yeah me too yeah you Uh, did say that uh whatever that project hail mary is project hail mary is so good i read it because of you and thank you so much you're welcome so good um but the titular story of this collection has something to do with that okay and it's a really kind of wonderful way of expressing the golden rule i would say you treat other people the way you would want to be Mm -hmm. treated um but it gives a little more like oh what if you think of the world that way Mm. you really might act differently uh so i wouldn't i don't want to spoil why i think that's so profound the way he presents that um so those are the things I read. Nice. What are we reading next, Karen? Yeah, what's next? Oh, did we hear what Katie's reading? She I didn't, didn't have read. Oh, she didn't. She okay, read our book club book. Good job. Yay. Good job. Okay. Oh, I I will tell an anecdote. My sister is like a big reader. Mm-hmm. And so she was saying like, she's almost at her reading goal this year or something about how she was slowing down on her reading goal. And I was like, I can't remember how it went, but I told her I should just see if I could pull up this text conversation because it cracked me up. She's like, don't you read like a hundred books a year? And I was like, that's what she said to me. I was like, girl, no. I was like, I don't know where you got that from. I think I got a lot closer this year. I think I definitely got closer this because year. Because the library apps have been so. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, It doesn't. uh Oh, yeah. So she, Amy said, I'm at 44 out of 50, and I only listened to one of those. I'm feeling pretty proud. And she was talking about how, like, you see those videos of people on, like, your For You page in, like, Book Talk, where they're like, here's the five books I finished this month, whereas, like, I'm struggling yeah. to get through the one. Yep. Yeah. And I said, Amy, you're that girl on my For You page uh-huh. who finished all these books. <laughs> yeah. And she says, yeah, right, you're way more than me. And I was like, uh, if you're at 50, no, you, I'm at, like, 20-something, <laughs> maybe. But mm-hmm. look at that, because when we started this, 
I don't know because you've been always a pretty like good reader, Karen, right? Yes and no. I went through phases where I just ate, I ate up books like they were cookies, mm-hmm. and other times where I'm like, all I want to do is sit here and play Candy Crush. <laughs> and know? so I think that the focus of this, I and I, I believe it was one of our founding mm-hmm. goals, was to just be proud of ourselves for finishing yeah. one book a month. And we've all that's, reached I mean, that's a huge that's, accomplishment. We've all reached well beyond that. Yeah, Look, too. twelve books times five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of books. <laughs> plus, yeah. plus, then I went through the in between time. Yeah, I went through periods in my life where I would read like a book a year. Right, you same know? here, mm-hmm. same here. And I have always been a bibliophile. It's not that I don't didn't ever love reading. It's just no, the just don't discipline. Prioritize it. Yeah. it takes discipline, definitely. And I, I'm really, I'm grateful that this activity has brought that discipline back mm-hmm. to me. So thank you guys. Uh, what are we reading, so Karen? Next? I think that okay. is a book I want to read. So the book I chose has a funny story why I chose this. So I ordered the last one and I it was I happened after we you know yesterday I was I was over at Super Busy and and funny thing, and this is important to the story, is when I parked I had to park in front of the FedEx guy. Right? So, you know, he was delivering stuff to, sh- to Super Buzzy. And since we were over there, I thought, well, I'm, I'm just going to go by Tamper Books where I ordered my book. And I'm just going to see. I know it, it may not be in yet. I did not get an email. I'm just going to check since I'm in this part of the uh, of town anyway. So I pull out and the FedEx guy pulls out. And I go up to Tim- Tamper Books and I pull into the driveway. And the FedEx guy pulls into the driveway. <laughs> that FedEx guy is the nicest FedEx guy I've ever met. FedEx, not UPS. No, no, it was FedEx. Okay. It's FedEx. Because I like our UPS driver. So I go in and I go, I'm just, che- I go, I know I didn't get an email. I'm just checking, you know, it, it, if, if my book might be in or on its way. And she said, oh, well, no, they just shipped it on Monday. So it's not in yet. And two hours later, I get an, I get a little text. Your book's here. Yeah. <laughs> It was probably on that FedEx That is hilarious. And actually, it was funny. So I went in today to pick to pick it up. Um, and she's like, you walked away and we opened the book, not even the box, not 10 minutes later. And I'm like, ah, OK. But in the meantime, so I'm there. I'm like, well, it, you know, it may not get here in time. And I know I have the Audible book, but I'm just going to choose something else. I'm going to see what else is on the shelf. And they had a description of this book called What the River Knows. And I and it's set in Egypt. And I thought, well, we don't have any, we haven't really read books in Egypt. That sounds really interesting. And um, it's a little bit of, um, it says, uh, one of the, um, your, another author says, take a plucky heroine, a historically grounded Indiana Jones-esque adventure through ancient Egypt and a surprising dollop of magic and it's a recipe for a delightful oh reading. So this is the this is the I hate you to I love you kind of romance in here. Mm-hmm. So a little swoony swooniness. A little like uh, grumpy sunshine kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And when the gal was checking me out, she's like, oh, I'm not usually into this kind of a historical thing. But there were times where there was twists and I was like, I was mad. I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah. They gave you an emotion. I yeah. like that kind of thing. So it is called What the River Knows by Isabel Ibanez. And um, Bolivian, Argentinian Inez Oliveira belongs to the glittering upper society of 19th century Buenos Aires. And like the rest of the world, the town is steeped in old world magic that's been largely left behind or forgotten. 
Inez has everything a girl might want, except for the one thing she yearns for the most, her globe-trotting parents who frequently leave her behind. When she receives word of their tragic deaths, Inez inherits their massive fortune and a mysterious guardian, an archaeologist in partnership with his Egyptian brother-in-law, brother-in-law, period. Yearning for answers, Inez sails to Cairo, bringing her sketch pads and a golden ring her father sent to her for safekeeping before he died. But upon her arrival, the old world magic tethered to the ring pulls her down a path where she discovers there's more to her parents' disappearance, of course, than what her guardian led her to believe. With her guardian's infuriatingly handsome assistant thwarting her at every turn, Inez must rely on ancient magic to uncover the truth about her parents' disappearance or risk becoming a pawn in a larger game that will kill her. The mummy meets death on the Nile in this lush, immersive historical fantasy-filled adventure, (laughs) arrivals to lover's romance, and shocking twists and turns. Oh, this sounds sounds so I thought it sounds like a great palate cleanser yeah. from what we just finished. That's what I was thinking because the other yes. one was going to be. I mean, the other one was po- post-apocalyptic, and I know I love that genre, but I thought uh, I will enjoy that on my own. This is our opening to the new year, so yeah. I think you're taking yeah. us down like a good. And we good haven't place. had this kind of a romance, historical romance yeah. adventure in Egypt kind of thing. Yeah, I don't so, know if I've ever read a book set in Egypt. Well, I think I read Death on the Nile, but that was. Yeah. Long time ago, I definitely watched the movie. Yes, and having just watched a murder in Venice, you know, seen oh, a, yeah. a, was it a murder in Venice or something in Venice? Something a in, Venice. in Venice, a haunting, which in is Venice. actually called the Halloween Party as a book. Just ah, uh, just saying. Okay, and that was entertaining. <laughs> I like that. Um, so actually, actually, we love that word. Okay, <laughs> so that is what we're reading. What the river knows. All right, I'm excited. Nice. All right, everybody. Well. Thank you for joining us. If you read this book, we want to hear what you thought of it. If you have recommendations for uh, books we can read in the future, we also want to hear that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.